Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Bing bong bing, bing bong bing bong bing. We're back for We're- another episode. <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes. He's getting to it eventually. All right. You're taking too long now. It's my job to sing. Why are you taking over my job? Was that singing, was it? <laughs> it was bing bonging. I brought back the bing bong for people because some you people said they missed the bing bong. Do, then don't you do it every week? No, I don't do it every week. Well, Other like weeks it. I <laughs> Last week I sung you um, my sunshine. Oh, yeah. Anyway, enough of this pitter-patter. Yeah, I've had enough already. All right. Let's wrap it up. I am Claire. James is over there. We're Suggestible Pod and we recommend you stuff. That's right. In your ear holes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say mm-hmm. ear bones. Are there bones in your ear? There are three bones in the ears and they are the vibrations of which help you actually um, hear, um, register sound. Right. That would be three. There are. There are we tiny bones know in that, ears. Because yeah. we, our business is ear bones. No, we don't need to know the specifics <laughs> of the human ear. Because then, like, what else do you have to know? You have to know how a heart works. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to know any of that. Yeah, I know. Funny. Mm. Actually, interestingly, I was having a conversation with my brother today. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Seen him for the first time in, like, six months in mm. person. Anyway, he's a doctor and he was saying something really interesting about the connection between your brain and your stomach. Okay. And your gut. Oh, the gut bacteria. Yeah, the gut bacteria. No, but they're actually starting to think about it now as a second brain completely because there are neurons that – and this is not just sort of, you know, Eastern medicine thinking now, but they're bringing that into Western medicine um, because the neurons that kind of are connecting your brain and your stomach are, you know – Important. Oh. Very vital. And so what you what we put out into our body really does change the way we think. And they think there's a real connection between anxiety and gut bacteria. And they're researching really? that. So what, yeah. what are some foods we can eat to uh, help with anxiety? Well, I didn't ask him that. <sighs> I forgot. No, I think it's things like making sure you have a really fiber-full diet, mm. um, not a lot of sugar, right. not a lot of processed foods, sure. and a wide variety of food. Mm. So that's the other part of thing. You want to make sure that your gut bacteria has a lot of different flora and fauna or whatever the term is. Maybe not okay. flora and fauna, that's animals, but, you know, diverse bacteria. It seems like whenever I watch like a person's video on how like eating healthy and organic and all these things or like going vegan or trying a different mm-hmm. thing, they always look manic and on the verge of a breakdown <laughs> as they're explaining it. And I'm like, this doesn't seem good. I mean, I know you're saying that you're enjoying it, but you look like you're about to explode. <laughs> you look stressed. Yeah. Well, that's actually another part of it. He was saying that stress, I mean, we. this is all stuff I'm sure everybody knows already. But stress is massively correlated to particular issues in the gut as sure, well yeah. and affecting the way that you think. And just if anyone's Aren't eating. related to stress as well? Yes, like yeah. Ulcers? And he said something really interesting about diarrhea. So everybody, I hate go. that word. Here we go. He said that. How ang- many cups of diarrhea should you drink a day? Oh, What's his recommendation? No. <laughs> he said it. Go on. Three. Three? <laughs> on the many. hour, every hour. Oh, my God. Except on Sundays. Okay, good. It's, when it's the four. day of rest. 
Okay, no, it's on. the day of rest. Okay, no poop. Okay. No cups of poop. Okay, on sorry. <laughs> anyway, on, on a Sunday. This? Anyway, back to the seriousness of this. So he was saying that the feeling when you do have diarrhea, it can cause anxiety. And the same can be said on the flip side. So there's a link between having anxiety and having loose motions. I can yeah. absolutely see that being connected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And that, and so that's a part like a neurological pathway, mm. which, may, which you know, obviously our whole bodies are connected. But I think it's interesting that Western medicine is only really starting yeah. to research just how connected your gut is to the way that you think. Yes. And they, I looked at, I actually watched a compass show about this recently on the television that the weight of your gut bacteria like in weight is the same as your brain or yes, very similar I didn't know that, yeah yeah so that realistically you really need to be looking after our gut health and to treat anxiety and those obviously anxiety comes in a really clinical form as well and people mm. who suffer from the clinical form sometimes medication is the only option yeah but i do think that being mindful of what we eat and our levels of stress and all those things absolutely play a factor in keeping sure, us Sure, there are things calmer. that you can do to, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. And it depends on is it genetic. Where, where did it come from? You know, I, I don't know anything about this stuff. But yeah, yeah. like you said, it comes in all In all forms, absolutely. And it affects you, people differently. Totally. And I think some of the difficulty around mental health and mental illness, when we talk about this kind of stuff, it's difficult because there's a spectrum and you can be yeah. clinically depressed, clinically diagnosed with anxiety or, if, for instance, someone could have um, like OCD mm-hmm. and those kind of terms often people bandy about like, oh, I'm just a bit depressed today or oh, I'm a bit anxious today or oh, I'm definitely OCD when that that's not actually a clinical diagnosis. And so yeah. I think anyway, we just have, it's, it's an interesting discussion to think think about and also be mindful of people who do actually suffer from those that are clinically diagnosed and need to be treated with medication. Anyway, back to the show. Cool. <laughs> what a cheerful subject. Anyway. No, every- it's good. It's good, it's good that yeah. people are more aware of these things when it was just like, you've got a broken brain. That was like what it used to be. It's like you're not normal. Like that. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I still think there is like a, there is some stigma that, oh, there obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I think it's just like any part of your body mm. that breaks down or or um has you know our bodies are all very diverse and different in what they're able to do and having issues with your mental health is the same or should be treated in the same way that it's treat that a broken leg is treated you know yeah yeah i mean not that you put, put plaster cast, on yeah. your brain yeah anyway all i'm saying is at the moment Everyone's mental health may be a little more fragile as well. Sure, 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 sure. sure. So eating well and trying to keep your um, levels of cortisone down so, you know, stress levels as much as we can. Breathing's really good for that. Maybe some ASMR. (laughs) Yeah, you love ASMR. Buy that up for a bloody sleep, mate. (laughs) I'm just like I just want a sleep meditation. I don't want any like anything else aside from that, John. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's take a deep breath. And launch right in, gentlemen's first. Oh, really? It's been a long time, but okay. Uh, I watched a show where I was initially like, oh, this might be interesting. And then I'm like, this is really interesting. And then I'm like, actually, this isn't that interesting. But I watched <laughs> the entire thing, so I'm going to talk about it. It's called Brave New World. I think it's a Peacock show that came out in mid-year. I think it was like July, but it just came to Australia on Stan. And it's based kind of loosely on the 1932 novel of the same name and developed by David Wiener, speaking of. Goodness. Uh, well, yeah, last so, week we, de- we delved into another Wiener. Did we? Was it you? Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, so Jessica, it stars Jessica Brown, uh, Findlay, Alden Ironreich, as you might know, as the young Han Solo. Mm. 
Uh, oh, I think he's great, by the way. Like he did a really good job in an impossible role in that movie that I thought was fine. But he was good. Uh, and Harry Lloyd. And so basically it's this society, this utopian society of New England and it's in the future and there's like a class system and they've got rid of uh, religion and monogamy. Those things are frowned upon and privacy. So everybody's always online all the time and connected. You can watch anybody at any point. And there's this huge emphasis on like sexual freedom, but it's almost like to the extent of like you're expected to have, you know, relations with this many people, you know, this many times a week or whatever, do you know what I mean, to to fit within the norm. So like monogamous relationships are not approved. You get like cast out for doing something like that. And then on the other side of the world, 11 minutes away because it's the future via a, a super plane. It's what's left of the USA and what in this particular region they're going to is called the wastelands. And it's basically if everything went wrong in the US in terms of like I don't know, the society just collapsed. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's like the worst possible outcome, I guess, where nobody's making anything anymore. It's just they're the remnants of this society where you've got kind of, you know, some hangovers from things that are used before. You know, there's still like religion and relationships and things like that. And the people aren't bad people for the most part, but the society has just collapsed. So you go there like this, it's like this horrible Disneyland where you're like, look how these people live. Look at these idiots um, or whatever. Hold on, James. Yes. I'm just going to pause this for a second. Don't tell me this show is about a dystopian future. It's about a dystopian future, <laughs> yes, Claire. You're nothing if not predictable. Yeah. Okay, continue. But what, what, and then I'll, and that's when I got really interested because like society where it's like, you know, it's like you've seen it a million times before. It's Gattaca with a class system and, you know what I mean, and genetics and whatever, and this person can't love this person and all that kind of shit and whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen this, whatever. But the wasteland was really interesting, just like the remnants of society. And one thing that I particularly found fascinating, which I was talking to you about, uh, this character of Alden Einreich who lives in this society, he, he loves music, but there is no more music. It's like... It's what's left, you know what I mean? There's no there's no nothing. No one's making new music. No one's making anything new. So it's just whatever you can scrape together. So he he goes and you find music. So he goes to like this store, you know, often to see what they've got and they they kind of transfer old MP3 files and you just kind of don't know what you're going to you're going to get. And so you so so like you go in and you might be, get like it's the ABC song or whatever, some garbage or it's like a tutorial on whatever, like an audio book. And every now and then he'll come across something like um, a fight. there's a Radiohead song called Fake Plastic Trees from the Benz. So he gets that song and it's just like this whole moment of like, you know when you, we were talking about this, but when you hear a really good song or a song that you relate to, it's just like it changes like your whole perspective, you know what I mean? It speaks to you in a way that, mm. you know, other songs obviously don't. Yeah, it can like, it can colour your whole yeah, world. Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't this song fucking ages and I immediately listened to it like a hundred times. But uh yeah, but I, I think that what I loved about what you said, and we were talking about this off air, because we have conversations off air, you believe it or to, not, yeah. <laughs> only very occasionally, that I really miss being a teenager, not being a teenager because I hate being a teenager, but I miss tra- being on trans- like public transport and yeah. listening to your Walkman or your Discman, this yeah. is showing our age now. And the the music that you had with you was finite, mm. and you'd or you'd made a mixtape or something, and you'd just be sitting watching the world through the window of the train, and whatever you were listening to kind of matched the mood inside you. And I don't know, and you're sort of yeah. thinking, or you'd through find your something that would match and, that, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. You got like a stack of CDs, even in a case or something. Yeah, exactly. And what I really love though is where because we're in a generation that bridged that gap. 
so as we as we were in like our teens and through the 20s it shifted to digital and i love that like we had that initial period and just being like well, i just want to listen to stuff and i can't and it was really hard to find stuff and the only thing you could really know is like you take a punt on an album you don't know or you're listening to the radio but that's limited you know what i mean mm. and then there was this transition where you can literally get anything which obviously have its has its benefits but also it's overwhelming you know what i mean and it's yeah. also the value drops in a lot of ways because albums aren't special anymore as much i feel because yeah. it's just like oh what's the new whatever album and then you listen to it and you're like hey cool whatever it's instantly accessible and that's why i think why we've gone back to records because you know you and you have to like you put something on and it plays for like 30 minutes on one side and then you're going to flip it or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. I find that really interesting. So anyway, so this society, I'm like, wow, this is super fascinating. But then what they do, they take him and they put him back in the the newer, the New England society and he's seen as this kind of savage guy and he's kind of integrated into that and it's just like, oh, this is way less interesting now. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it would have been better if it was like I want to see more people kind of shift over or see this side of the universe because I've seen this stuff before, you know what I mean, this other stuff. Yeah. Not that you haven't seen the things that. The Gattaca kind of yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, and, where, look, and none of it's, yeah. like it's fine. It's But then it's so many like there's a lot of like rave orgies and whatever, you know what I mean, and like clean architecture and that, and it's all good but it's just it, it felt really like well-trodden, you know what I mean. Mm. So it kind of for me kind of bottomed out and there's like a revolution whatever and. It kind of ebbs and flows in terms of, you know, interest for me. But, um, yeah, that, there's like, like that particular episode was like, wow, this is really good. And then it was like. Uh, and then it changed. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I Because I'd seen you watching this and we had that discussion and then I thought, oh, I'm going to give this yeah. a go. I only lasted half of the first episode. And yeah. I saw that bit and I thought that was, was really interesting. I think to me I felt immediately, which is happening to me a lot, and I think sometimes to the detriment of me being able to watch a broader breadth of stuff, when I know that women's voices are written by men. Yeah, totally. And immediately yeah. I turn, it shuts me off because yeah. I think women wouldn't talk like that. Yeah, and women, it is like and, a weird future society even, or whatever. But yeah, yeah, and I know it's a weird futuristic society, but even the way that they've depicted women's sexuality just doesn't quite mesh mm. with me and I can see it when it and it's it's quite transparent to me mm. and but and I do kind of I should work through that yeah. because I you know I obviously want to watch and listen to no, stuff but, made but by the same a diverse time, like, lot of people but for, for me that stuff because a lot of it is like sexuality based and I'm not a prude I don't give a shit do whatever you want yeah, like yeah, whatever exactly but that was the by far the least interesting and poorly thought out element of the show. Yes, that's what I yeah. felt. I was like. So that, because mm-hmm. at the start I was like, this is fine, whatever. And then it would cut to the wasteland and I'm like, this is something like, okay. And then when they went and visited, like some people went over and visit and then there's this kind of coup. It's, there's this like mini revolution that goes on in, in the, what's left of the US. And it's, and that is like, wow. No, like it's like, it's like this is gun culture stuff kind of resurfaces and you know what I mean? Like. It's yeah. Re- it's yeah, it's really fascinating. But no, I'm with you. I don't because I don't think that's strong at all. I think it's bad. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of felt too gratuitous yeah. and also a bit boring. <laughs> so like the two opposite, and the fact they are they are constantly taking these pills to kind of keep them all yeah, happy and that's and like a comment on zoned out. you know people self medicating or. You know, like the system of like, you know, trying to suppress your problems or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And constantly being, you know, told that you need this drug to help you with this and whatever. And it's, you know, we yeah. 
I know those problems are worse in that in other countries than they are in Australia, but there's a lot of like advertising mm. towards this kind of stuff. You know what I did think was it was edging towards something interesting, and obviously I've only watched half of the first episode, mm. but something I think about a lot, which is like the fallacy of happiness. Yeah. Being something that we reach and once you reach the summit, there's the happiness, you're just going to be happy forever. Yeah. And I think that's such a dangerous idea because I think happiness is fleeting and it isn't something that can just isn't a permanent state no. that anyone can be in. And I think it's really a dangerous lie to sell people and especially young people to think, well, if I'm not happy, there's something wrong with me. So I need to seek all these things to give yeah. me, and the consumerism kind of does this, seeking all this stuff that will eventually make me happy if I just have that perfect body, if I just have that perfect yeah. partner, if I just have that perfect house or perfect, I don't know, music album. Yeah, and, and there yeah. is stuff like that in this. Yeah, I agree that, that, that it kind of touches upon because the idea is of this society, it's just it's built around something else, you know what I mean? Like it's it's built as a distraction to keep people going. So there's constant parties and you know, there's things happening. But yeah, and nothing, you can't ever form proper relationships yeah, means, because that can lead nothing to Nothing means pain. anything. It's like, you know, the matrix. Like it's like it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not anything. Yeah, and I, 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 that's why I guess what I was trying to get at there with that search for happiness and the idea that, well, in the, in the show you can't have a full-on monogamous relationship with someone because that will lead you to pain and we don't want pain. Yeah, so that's right. So let's keep it all in boxes. And also like childbirth and that's not how children are made in this particular future. But the yeah. other aspect of it, and this is a slight spoiler if you are going to watch it, what, all the Nyenreich's mother is Demi Moore. And I remember at the start being like, Demi Moore doesn't fit in this universe because she looks like, you know, she's like nearly 60. She looks amazing. You know, and she, even though she lives in like this trailer park, it's like she doesn't seem to fit in this society. And then it turns out that she's not from there. She was left from the other world. Oh. And he's the offspring of somebody from this new world. So she's had a foot in, but then she, you know. She, so she had a foot in she, both. Yeah, she disappears yeah. during it. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Somebody who kind of bridges that gap yeah. as well. But again, that's something that's written out. So I don't know, I've probably talked about this for too long. but um, No, it is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think oh, just one more thing, sorry, I quickly want to say is the other reason I think that I, I think there's so many like fresh ideas that were so revolutionary when this came out in 1932. Like the a lot of the ideas are like, wow, this was really forward well, thinking. 1932, that's yeah. so progressive. I mean, and then they've obviously added new stuff for, for now to mm. update it or whatever. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that since then have been ad- adapted and done in other mediums. So the time you come around to it, it's like, well, we've seen this, but also it's like, yeah, but this invented that. So it's kind of it's kind of like when Star Wars came out and then they made Flash Gordon after and people were like, this is boring. But it's like, no, Star Wars borrowed from Flash Gordon initially, you know what I mean? It's like that yeah. kind of – and this apparently borrowed from other stuff as well. And I mean everything yeah. comes everything from everything. Borrowed from everything else, also, yeah. it's a dystopian future show and that's really all you love, isn't it? I love it. It's, it's your first I've got a love. Second, I've got a second dystopian future thing. <laughs> oh, he's got a double whammy. Um, one other thing I will say because I wanted to bang on about happiness a tiny bit sure. more. Turia Pitt, who, who if you don't follow on Instagram, you should. She's an incredible um, writer and activist. She went through this crazy thing happened where she was running an ultra marathon and a, fi- a, bush, a freak bushfire came oh, through yeah. and burnt her body completely. And so she 
nearly died, mm. has gone through multiple surgeries, for a long time was wearing a black ma- like balaclava mask. Yeah. Um, and now she's this incredible speaker and writer. And she was before. It wasn't like she, the fire happened and she suddenly became this incredible person. Yeah, she yeah. was already an incredible person. But since being through what she's been through and she's now I would say also an appearance activist too and is really open about um, mental health struggles and how to overcome your fears and how to, you know, start your own business anyway. So she has this incredible Instagram but also um, I subscribe to her newsletter. So And she just writes like little things about if there's something you want to change in your life and also big stuff about how to cope with loss and grief, how to get yourself through the day. She has really good little routines too, things that she did to help her through. And she talks a lot about the myth about this whole happiness mm. kind of concept in that it's not about striving in the end for constant happiness. It's about finding peace within yourself totally. and contentment, like riding through those waves of yeah. difficulty and that your life isn't ever just going to be a straight line of contentment and happiness. No. It, there's going to be lots of ups and downs. And one thing, a couple of little things she always talks about uh, that when she gets up in the morning and she's like, right, I feel like she, this is going to be a bad day, I can already sense it, just kind of giving in to that feeling and going, okay, it's not the end of the world, it's just today I'm feeling like this. Yeah. And then she has some strategies to help her out of it, particularly when she came out of waking up and trying to recover from having, you know, I think it was something like 70% of her body yeah. was just burnt and melted. Yeah. yeah. And so she lives with she lived with like a lot of constant pain and so the mental strength to get her through. And she was an incredibly sort of stunning person too. Mm. And so she's sort of rebuilt herself. And anyway, she's just really inspiring. But what I was going to say in her routine, what she does, she has two things that really help her, music and scent. Right, yeah. And so when she was... She's found like the things that she can... Yeah, and so she said that scent has really helped her. She's got different like essential oils and smelling salts. We talked about that the other week as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of help her. So when she's in a particular mood, she'll like put a scent in her room or on herself to get to change her thinking and also her music. So she'll have like pump-up playlist for when she's about to go on stage and do a presentation or relaxation music or workout music. Anyway, I just think I really recommend following her. Yeah, everyone's for that. got their like methods. That's, yeah, I think it's really important to like try out different things and what works for you. You know what I mean? Because for years yeah. they're like, this is a bad example, but like I was bad at like studying. I couldn't, I can't sit down and read a book if I'm not interested in be like, you know, econ- like because I used to study like economics, it's barely. But uh, <laughs> study, study in economics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me, I mean, but you did a business degree, James. You're all about business. Uh, yeah. Business. You're a better Marketing. business person than I am, but you did your business degree. But, um, and then I worked out that that's not how I learn. Like I learn by listening. So I just read out my notes and then listen to them and I'm like, I instantly remember this, like straight away. Wow. So it's just like different ways of – but it's, it's interesting like kind of acknowledging where you, you – this is shows about whatever I guess now. This yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but acknowledging kind of how, how you – you feel because I remember when I worked at McDonald's years ago, I was like, Oh my god, it's gonna be one of those days. And the boss was like, It's only one of those days if you let it be one of those days. And I just wanted to be like, Shut the fuck up. How about that? <laughs> How about just let me have this? And like, I'll do the work regardless, but just fucking shut up. But 
Uh, then uh, Jeff Bridges, who found out has cancer, maybe yesterday. So boo for that. But I happened to watch, sorry, see an interview with him and how he talks about how he still gets nervous, how he was sitting across from this really great actor whose name I can't remember who he admires. And the guy lifted his hand off the table and he was like sweating. And he's like, oh, he's nervous. Why are you nervous? You're a great actor. And he's like, I'd, I'd feel I would be nervous if I wasn't nervous. You know what I mean? This is what makes me better. And I acknowledge that this is... This is part of me and who I am and it makes me better. It's not like I don't let it like hold me back. But but it's something that I've just – I have it and I have to just live with it. I'm not saying you have to live with things. No, but but it's like the thing I was – when we were teaching our son to ride a bike and I say this to him all the time and he reparated it back to me that I'm like – being brave isn't not feeling fear, it's feeling fear and doing it anyway, which yeah. is what Brene Brown, who I love, says all the totally. time. But that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. It's like not not being nervous. It's yeah, like it's using like gonna, that you're gonna energy. You're going to fall off and I'm like probably at some point, yeah. Yeah. And, but you'll be fine. Like I fell off my bike a lot and still do. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so But I'm fine, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Um, that was a long tangent. But you're right, you do have to find those things and that's the kind of joy in getting older that you get to know yourself more and more mm. and so you find what your body, what your brain needs to function better yeah. and function more comfortably in yourself and in your world. You know, like if you're an introvert, not looking at anyone in particular except hello, hello um, you need more time alone and yeah. more time to listen to yourself, talking to yourself or whatever you do, you know, to have energy. Mm. And if you're not that kind of person, someone who's an extrovert, you might need different things to keep you kind of in an equilibrium. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I don't think that's like necessarily the pursuit of happiness but more the pursuit of contentment and peace yeah, right. in who you are. Also, I think sense? there's like this misconception about people who are introverted that, you have to be like mean or rude or whatever, but like you know, you don't you don't have to. You can still be nice to people. Like, you know what I mean? Is that a thing? Totally. Be- I think we're. I think there's some introverts who are like, well, I'm introvert, so I'm kind of like, you know, I don't really. I'm an asshole. Yeah, it's like well, I'm just, an asshole. How about don't? How about just be civil <laughs> to people? Anyway, that's not everybody, I'm sure. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. But uh, anyway, what are you Oh, yeah, doing? I've got a really cool thing and I, we're running out of time, but I really wanted to tell you about yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I've got two things, but I'll just do this one. Okay. So it's a film called The Lunchbox. Have you heard of this? I haven't. I'm going to Googs it now. Oh, it's so good. It's a 2013 Indian epistolary romance film written and directed by Ritesh Batra and produced by Gunit Monga. Oh, I know um, the people in this. Yeah, the film was jointly produced by various studios. Anyway, it's set in Mumbai. So you probably recognise, well, you definitely would recognise um, one of the lead actors, Irfan Khan. Yeah, who died. died. Of colon yeah, he was, infection. people would know him as, um, he's in Jurassic World. He's the guy who flies the helicopter. Yeah, and Life yeah. of Pi. And Life he's also Pi, yeah. in The Amazing Spider-Man. He is. He's 
The one of the lizard doctors, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other actor uh, is Nimrat Kaur, who's an Indian actress, and she started her career as a print model and then went into theatre. I um, mean, she's been in quite a few films. Um, so this was really well regarded at the time, and I got recommended it to me. Um, I recommended it by a wonderful listener called Abhishek Pandey. I hope I've said your name right. Definitely Abhishek. Haven't. Yeah, I, I absolutely have. So it's in Hindi. Oh, yeah. It my go. No, uh, yeah, it's sort of it's a blend. It's Hindi okay. and English, more Hindi than English. And yeah, set in Mumbai, but it's about this fascinating thing that happens in Mumbai that I had no idea about. So it's a lunchbox delivery service. Um, did you have you ever heard about this? No, I've never heard of oh, this. Oh, it's so interesting. So it's called the Dabawala and basically I think how many people? It's just crazy. Right. So the Dabawala is um, a delivery lunch service um, throughout Mumbai that delivers 6 million lunches a year oh, across the city. Shit. So, and basically what it is, is instead of going out to buy your lunch, if you're working in the city of Mumbai in your office, you get a home cooked meal from your home, usually done by your wife or mother, because in Mumbai, they still have quite traditional roles, delivered to your office. So, so it's like Uber Eats, but they bring you the food from your house. Yeah, that your wife or mother has lovingly prepared. Why don't you just and bring so it to start, Why don't you bring it with, to, to your Because they, it's, it's all quite, fresh. It's all fresh oh. and it's made um, sort of lovingly at home. And then they put them in these special um Just have a peanut boxes. butter bloody sandwich, man. I'll tell you that much. So go on. <laughs> so anyway, they put them in these kind of four-tier lunch boxes. So, and the bottom usually has rice and then there's a curry, a side of vegetables, dal, flatbreads and a dessert. Sounds and amazing. Circ- yeah. And they're in the film. They're circular in like tin and then they're put into a little bag. Mm. And so the double arrives at the house at the apartment, the mother or wife will hand them the lunchbox and then it goes on a train. The man kind of takes it on a train and then takes it into the city and then it's delivered to the office building. And it's so spot on, they very rarely have an error, maybe one in a month, say, and they deliver like 200,000 lunches a day. Mm. And so it's so accurate that Harvard came to study it because it's just incredibly accurate and it's done on a system of mathematics carried out by people who are most likely illiterate but who have made the process an efficient breeze for the last 127 years. Yeah, so it's like a logistics conundrum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And each um, lunch has got a little description written on it with code which is really interesting. Anyway, so the film is based on that concept and one lunchbox is made by um, a housewife who um, whose husband you find out is having an affair mm. and the lunchbox accidentally gets delivered to the wrong person who's Irfan Khan's character and then the, and his wife has died. So he's sort of like a lonely okay. widow and they start writing letters to each other through the lunchbox. And it goes and right. they kind of end up developing this sort of romance and without friendship. Without kind of meeting. Yeah, without ever meeting, yeah. Oh. So And then the film develops from there. So it's like a love story, friendship. It's also really authentic um, and an amazing look at this incredible system that they have in Mumbai. And it's yeah. very atmospheric as well. It's obviously very or very accurate to the culture, I'd imagine, or it's. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it is. Yeah, absolutely. Does it feel like real streets and real people. And well, it real is. Food yeah, because it's filmed through. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's filmed in Mumbai, mm. 
and Abhishek has said this too that he feels like it's very authentically Mumbai. Yeah, right. Um, so and it gives you just the sense of the food just looks yeah amazing. But it's also I've good food in film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really. Get this week? I was thinking that no, I really was when I watched this. I thought we have to get an Indian this week because it there just is a good Indian looks place. So delicious. Us. Yeah, there really is. Um, what I really liked about it, other than looking at a culture that I didn't really, I didn't know anything about this. Um, the the Dabawala, I, but I also, I just, I, I love the film because it has a lot of quiet moments in it, which sounds strange because it's obviously Mumbai, which is such a vibrant, busy mm. city, but it does look a lot at ageing, at love, at um, roles in culture that you're sort of supposed to fulfil. So it's clear that Nimrat Kaur's character is really lonely. She has a little girl and she dreams of taking her away and away from her husband and away from her life and and going somewhere different and starting again. And this guy who she's speaking to, his wife has died. He's kind of given up on life. He's been almost like an accountant for, you know, 40 years or something. Where did he get his lunch from prior? Uh, Oh, just from this really sad shop. So he was just getting this like bog standard food from this, like because you can also just order it from like a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And so then he starts getting this food from her and initially he goes into the restaurant and gives them this like rave review <laughs> and um, and the guys look really confused because they're like we haven't done anything different and then it turns out it's from her and then yeah. he starts giving like telling her what he likes and so she's making these incredibly intricate like beautiful dishes. Cool. And, anyway, but it just says a lot about, yeah, the roles that we play in society and he's kind of given up on life and and was ready to retire and just kind of pack it all in. And then this relationship with her and the food itself kind mm. of brings him back into what really is important about life and it's that sense of wonder and awe in things and he starts noticing things in his life. I love and the colour in Indian food as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, you go to sense like the spices that she's yeah. cooking with represent sort of bringing him back into himself and into mm. the into the, the spice of life for want of a better into word. the spice of us. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, correct, the spice of us. Exactly. You. Anyway, so it's it's got a lot of layers to it. Mm. Um, but also I just started researching the Dabawalas and it's just really, really interesting too. Cool. Okay. All right. That's it. That is it. this week. Uh, only a couple of recommendations this, this week, but that's okay, isn't it, Claire? Now, I, I have a, a suggestion <laughs> for next week. I don't know All if right. you know this, but next week it's the spookiest day of the year. Ooh, spooky. Uh, so you have to bring one spook. You have to do one spooky thing. Really? Yes. All right, fine. It has to be one. It can fine. be a movie or a book or a comic book. Okay. Or a book. All right, or, or a, a comic. Book. Or a comic. Or a movie or a book. Or a book. Or a comic. Okay. <laughs> or a TV show <laughs> or a book. All right. Has to be spooky though. You can bring some other non-spooky stuff, but you need one spooky thing. All right. Okay. One spooky thing. Yep. I can do that. And do you know people can also review this show? That's not so spooky, but uh, you can do it in app. It's incredible. It's the easiest thing in the world. You open it up, five stars if you want to. You don't have to, but we'd really appreciate it. It really helps the show. Like this person from Slim CW said, good on you, mate. I really enjoy the, this podcast. <laughs> Found my way here through the other more successful podcasts, but really enjoy it just as much. It's different and nice to get some other suggestions on media to check out that maybe not be, might not be within the genre that is I'm typically interested in. Mr. and Mrs. Sunday movies have a real enjoyable banter that I find really entertaining. 
Oh, mate. Thank you, Slim. Thank CW. Thank you so much. What a ledge. Yeah. All right. I have an email. You can email the show at suggestiblepod at gmail.com. We always love to hear your suggestions. And this email is from Ben Kwok. Hi, James and Claire. Loving the podcast and all the recommendations so far. Today, Ooh, imagine if we get one wrong. <laughs> I know. Today I have one I think you might both enjoy. High maintenance. High maintenance. Nice. I got enough bloody high maintenance at home, mate. I got it. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm the lowest of maintenances. Yes, yes, yes. So low maintenance, mate. I'm so low. You What's this even high know. maintenance show? Anyway, it's a show on HBO about a bike riding weed dealer in New York. It's I've not seen, quite not what you'd imagine. This, yeah, my sister recommended it to me as well, so I need to get onto it. The dealer is kind of the vehicle for the show where he delivers his products to different Thanks. characters around yeah. the city but then leaves you with that person and explores what it's life is Yale like Sto- for them. It's got Yale Stone. Okay. Mm, each episode Dan is Stevens? different. Dan Stevens? That's a good cast. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Each episode is different and the show is masterful in its ability to blend its tone between funny, sad, strange, thoughtful and euphoric but it's always heartfelt and honest. The characters you meet throughout the show couldn't be more varied and they will always surprise you. Characters you didn't like in one episode may come back a few later and completely change your opinion. It's one of my favourite shows of all time. I think James will love it because of its humour and the unique way it's structured and Claire will love it for its stellar representation. I'm always on board with some stellar representation. That's right. like, so but like, not humour and I, fun. No, I, and I'm <laughs> obviously against representation, so he's come at us the yeah, right way. Correct. That's really good. <laughs> anyway, it's on HBO um, and he's a Brit who moved to New York six years ago and he thinks this show captures New York and Brooklyn in all its glory Oh, I bet perfectly. New York's just like a character in the show. <laughs> all right. Pipe down over there. Gosh, I said the spice of life, so, you know. I'm talking oh, cliches. It's on binge. Boo. Oh. Hopefully I can rent it from somewhere it's else. It's also on YouTube though. Oh, is it good? Yeah, he said I'm um, not the whole thing, but I think it did start as a YouTube show. Oh, cool, because so, I've got YouTube red, so that Well, there you go. So I think you can watch it on YouTube. Uh yeah, which is cool. Hope you both like it and I hope you aren't going too crazy in the lockdown, but I do a bit because it's bonds of content the crazy you two yet. I'm going to watch this, man. I feel like we peaked at craziness and now we're sliding into like some serious True, but at least we're not talking about politics this week. No politics, poll polls. Oh, yeah, sweet. I can watch it. I can buy it on YouTube. Vote, please vote. That's it. No, Claire. Tell people not to vote. Vote, please vote. It's seriously important though. It's real important. It's real important. All right. Okay. Next week, spooky things. Have you got spooky recommendations? Uh, if you do what you did to me bloody last Halloween with your bloody spooky recommendation, no, I'll be that bloody was Christmas mad. When I tricked you with spooky Christmas things. Oh, really? That was no good. Maybe um, I'll flip it and I'll do a nice <laughs> thing next week. I doubt it. You don't have a nice bone in your old bod. I've got a few of them in my ear. Let me say that again. You're old. <laughs> I just heard that. Thank you. You got three. Yeah, I just should Google that. Do your bones in your do your ears get old? Well, they get hairy. Well, ears, mine definitely do because every now and then you're like, James, your ears are out of control. Your ears need a haircut. <laughs> but um, ears and nose keep growing. What? Which is why, like, see, I have why? To- just that's how it is. If you look at Harrison Ford, Hang on. It's his that nose how it is, is growing off his face and his ears. <laughs> uh, but if you look up, I've got tiny ears, so I'm like, this is great. Like, I'm uh, be- So eventually you'll have ears the, the size I've of a regular man. Ears. Yeah. If only that could happen with other parts of your body too, like what? your hands. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else, Claire. <laughs> no, I'm perfectly – no, I don't know. I don't want to go down this road. I'm backpedaling. I'm backpedaling right away. How is that story about that guy that was caught on the old uh, yeah. things on the Zoom? Zoom dick was you – know, um, Yeah. That was – I mean, that was inevitable. 
I mean, yeah, I think it's. it's it was going to happen. I think to it's somebody. also like it's it's shady for like I haven't really read into it, but my understanding is it's not like why did he even have it on? Like it's like <laughs> yeah, I mean? like, why yeah, was he even totally. still in the chat? Uh, but yeah, I think that's probably happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Or not even like that, just like being nude or picking their nose or whatever. Yeah, I I, the amount of zooms that are happening, I would just think it's inevitable that there's. I, like they make me anxious. I, I try not to do them. I don't like them. I prefer to do it like just voice. Yeah, this mm. is. I do. Yeah, I don't do them very often either. Yeah. Well, we don't I need find to, them I awkward. As well. But, but like, we don't, don't have to do them yeah, for work. I don't like recording. I've done it a little bit, um, but I don't like recording over Zoom either. I find it really. It just doesn't flow as well. You're not in either. the room with the other person. No, you're not. Because you're a serious human being well, that likes to connect deeply. You know, I did one with Michael with the Shanks. the feelings of others. Well, I, true. did one with Michael Shanks <laughs> not that long ago. And that works really well because he's a good conversationalist guy or whatever. But even then because there's that pause, when you do the edit, you, you take out the, like, the gaps and when you talk over each other and things like that, it's just more of a pain in the ass. Anyway, who cares? Who cares about this? About? We're just re- – God, we've really gone over time. What time is it on the thing? It's 40 minutes. Do we have an ad? No, we had an ad last week. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys next time. Bye. We've been to Decibel Potter. What is this show anymore? It doesn't matter, does it? No, it does. It's like the Weekly Planet. People don't actually, people people want actual content, right? Like (laughs) you can just Google list of books that are good. (laughs) All right. But if you want people blathering, if you're you're coming for like a a blather personality. Then this is what you get here. You know what I, mean? I really feel like the last couple of shows recently we've really overdone our time. It's fine. Look, yeah, probably. But the thing is the stuff that I like, and this isn't for everybody because believe me, I get comments. I don't need like a list of shit. Like I like I go to things for like personality and people adding their own spin on it. That's what I like. That's not everybody because I get comments that are like, well, you didn't mention this in this video or whatever. I'm like, if you want a fucking synopsis, read the Wikipedia. Just losing his mind. Do you know what I mean though? It's so that's so what mad. I like. But anyway, whatever. Goodbye. Also, can I just say one more thing? What? I am sick of this fucking lockdown. Well, we're coming that's out it. of it. We're coming out of it. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Hope you guys are right out there. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.